Happy New Year, Saints. We're excited to ring in 2021 with a new episode, so tune in to hear from our special guest. Happy holiday, Saints. Welcome back to the Saints of San Francisco podcast, where we dive deeper into work, faith, and fulfillment. This is a podcast for the modern Christian professional. Today, we have a special guest, and she will do a self-introduction, because apparently I'm terrible with intros from the feedback. So we have Andy. So Andy, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Thanks, Isaac. Um, yeah, sure. So uh, I am Andy, and I'm a I'm a person living in um, SF by way of SoCal, by way of SF. I kind of go back and forth, um, given that we're in the quarantine times. But um, <laughs> I lived in SF for the last, I would say, cumulative seven years. And again, I, I moved back and forth between LA and SF. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I've been working in tech. Um, so very not original for the, the SF community, but um, it, yeah, pretty much tech the, the entire time I was there. Um, if I kind of go back a bit, I was born and raised in Orange County and um, moved out to Chicago area, um, a little town called Evanston. Fun fact, Mean Girls was shot there. Um, went to school um, at Northwestern in that area and then went straight to SF um, because I fell in love with tech and, and wanted to pursue it. So I Got pretty much uh, left it since. Got it. Quick question. Didn't you work in greater New York as well? Or is that just? Yeah. So I spent um, a couple of uh, summers in New York City and D.C. So my last um, my last quarter of college, I actually spent in D.C. and then um yeah, every summer since about sophomore year in college, I would run away to New York City. Both of my brothers lived out there and were working. So I would have a place to crash. And um, they are nine and 10 years older than me. So they, you know, oh, wow. they were kind of like working professionals and had a lot of contacts in their, that area. So they, um, I'm so blessed to have them connect me to those internships. Um, so yeah, I would, I would go out to New York a lot. And that was considered my second home. And then I spent some time in D.C., um, in my last time, days or months in college. Um, and then I spent like a couple extra months after that. I, I just really love DC. I, work on- I'm so jealous because those are all the main cities I wanted to live in. Like Chicago. So LA, OC, obviously SF, Chicago, DC, and New York. I mean, that's like, you've, you've run the gamut. You've hit every like major metropolitan city that any professional would want to go to tech or not. So I, I am kind of jealous, but um anyways well thank you so much for coming on and and for that short blurb so before we start i'm going to ask you two um, icebreaker questions and you could be as honest as you like the first question is what was one creative activity you did during quarantine i don't know if it's that creative but i went golfing quite a bit um (laughs) with um yeah my friends and my parents um and it, like everyone and their mom was out golfing. Like if you try to get a tea time these days, it's so packed. I feel like it's one of the few things that is really abiding by like quarantine rules, like lots of space, open air. Yeah. But yeah, I've been getting back into golf. That's awesome. Is it 
Um, due to COVID, the spikes going up, it's every, everywhere is closed, right? For, for now. It's uh, actually still open with the golf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe I shouldn't share that here, but <laughs> they're like super uh, safe about it. Like you, you uh, register your tea time on the app and then you just show up at the, um, the actual tea. So it's like, it. like no contact pretty much with um, anyone on staff there. That's awesome. Yeah, I bet because especially if you go down to the driving range, not a course, then you could like socially distance and make sure you're taking all the the, the precautions to make sure you're not around people. Um, so that's cool. So maybe if I go down to LA or OC, then you could hear the plug for teaching me how to golf. Yeah, for sure. Anytime you can find <laughs> golf. Awesome. And then the second question is, and you don't have to be completely truthful with this one, but second question is, what is the strangest habit that you have? Okay. So one thing I, I don't know if it's a quarantine thing and because, you know, I don't see as many people, but yeah. actually, no, I've done this my pretty much my whole adult life. <laughs> when I see a mirror by myself, I smile at myself and it's just like, I think it's a way to like brighten up my day it's like someone else is just looking at you and throwing you a smile it's like hey <laughs> let me grind up my day so like anytime I'm in the mirror I'll just like flash a smile and then like with close friends they'll see me doing that and um obviously it's weird but I'm like, <laughs> you know, that person smiling at me my day just got better that's awesome and this was this was pre-quote COVID right you would do this yeah I'm just a weirdo <laughs> 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 I'm just as weird too as well. And I remember there was like an interview tip to kind of like psych yourself up before you go into an interview, you go into the restroom and you kind of do that like Superman, Superwoman pose and you mm -hmm. look yourself in the mirror and you're like, I'm a, I'm a superhero. I'm a yeah. Yeah. That's actually a good, a good way to put it. Maybe what, that's why I do it subconsciously. It just kind of uh, reaffirms yourself and, um, and boosts your mood up. Got it. Awesome. Awesome. So it, it, it can sound weird, but it's actually a very good way to, to regain confidence if you're right, feeling a little bit down or, or raising your serotonin levels by, by looking at yourself, smile in the mirror. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. So I know that you did a self intro, but I think, you know, especially because you've experienced a lot you've crushed it at work you have this beautiful relationship with god that's been you know up and down at times and you've ventured out to a bunch of different cities and i feel like you're just a big jet setter so how about we start off with you telling us a little bit more about yourself and uh, a, a little bit about your uh, journey with god current or past yeah definitely well i mean before i go into that first of all i just wanted to say like thanks for having me here and like I really appreciate just the the purpose and the intent behind this podcast. And um, yeah, I've been praying over it and um, really admired the the kind of just like go getter, like do it attitude that you have. So <laughs> I appreciate you, okay. Isaac, and I know others do as well. Um, but sorry, what was the question? Yeah, it's uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and then maybe you could go into like telling us your journey with God as well. Yeah, so I guess more on myself. Um, in general, I would say I am a free spirit. Um, mm. People say I'm I'm pretty bubbly and um, I'm high on life, like <laughs> extrovert. Um, I'm an ENFP and like 
I've taken the test so many times and it's it's always an ENFP. So mm. what's your Enneagram? Way, sorry, sorry to stop you. Enneagram is four. I actually don't remember exactly what the four stands for. Oh, four is like, it's kind of negative. It's like really dramatic. And like the, the careers that fours go into are like being an actress and, you know, having high highs and being creative and artistic, but like. Oh, that's an individualist, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's yeah. that one. But um, in some ways it is very true. Um, I would say, um, yeah, I I like really thrive on being around people. They give me a lot of energy. I just love people. And I think it um, spills over into just my daily life. Like I love meeting new people, like just picking people's brains, meeting new friends. Like I'm just so curious about every aspect of culture and um, a person's story. And um, a lot of that has driven my career as well. I've always been Mm. like a focused role. Um, In terms of my relationship with God, um, I would say because I'm so free spirited and I'm very much of a, I would say recently I'm less so, but before, like I would say ever since college, um, I have had a lot of strong feelings. Like I feel Mm, a lot. I I think like I didn't know that about myself until like like as I got to know more people, I realized like I'm kind of abnormal in that way. Like not everyone mm. has as like strong of expressions and feelings and it's not sure. yeah. And so um I think in that way, like the way I experience God is also um is also has also been very feelings based. Mm-hmm. It's very deeply spiritual. Um and I grew up in the church um ever since i was born went to like a very typical korean mega church which has a lot of pros and um and a lot of beautiful things about it but i think there was a lot of things that i just didn't agree with which ultimately um made me not want to go to church anymore so as soon as i went to college it was just like no i don't really feel like i'm christian like i don't believe any of this garbage. Um, and then I went through a lot of different trials. I feel like God always like shows up in those like darkest trials. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in 2014, when I was living in SF, I actually found this um, church in the city um, and it completely changed my life. Like mm-hmm. I had connections there. I just showed up through a friend of a friend. Um, like she, she didn't even take me there. She was just like, oh, I heard of this church. And I was like, huh, I'll note it. I'll, I'll just show up. <laughs> completely random person there yeah. but it was like it truly was god bringing his um his like angels into my life and like immediately i met like some core awesome people of the church who are still um some of my closest friends and that was back in 2014 so um wow. it changed my life forever like it was the the people that really spoke into my life discipled me i just had never met people like that um in my entire life who really emulated Christ's character and um, just everything that they were doing, whether it was like work, like dating, like walking to the bus, like (laughs) decided to move, like what they decided to spend their money on, like everything was like, had a purpose. And it was because, and I just, it was, it was so amazing to watch them. And then also like, and, and like counsel me and disciple me and they just poured so much into me. And so I just, I felt like that was when I really, and then I also had a supernatural experience um, where I felt like 
Jesus like truly was speaking to me. Mm-hmm. And that's when like the gospel like hit um, in my heart mm. um, at that church. So it was during worship service. It was so great that day. Um, but yeah, that's how I became saved. And then over time, it was a lot of um, like those close friends like pouring into me and then mm. like me growing and um, and then like taking more of like a leadership role at church and, and pouring yeah. into others. And yeah, it's been a good journey. Oh my gosh. So you, you went from going to a big mega church in Southern California and then kind of pushing away God for a while. And then you came to SF and then for the past six years, I guess you've been renewed um, in your faith. So, so I guess like a side question would be, you know, a lot of people say San Francisco, especially the city is a graveyard for churches. There's not a lot of Christians. And if you are a Christian, then you get laughed at. And I don't know if it's similar to maybe Boston, where you have strong academia and a lot of people who go into graduate programs who are very cerebral, you know, there is statistically a correlation, at least, where the smarter you are or you go into more school and you're an intellectual, then you happen to be not religious, um, Christian or not. Um, So what do you think happened in terms of that church? I know you mentioned that... um, there were a lot of people who poured into your life just in the way that they lived and you saw God through that. But it, it just in terms of like the city in general and that church being in SF, what was the dynamic like for you um, kind of renewing in your faith, but then living out your tech life as well in San Francisco? That was actually a very difficult time for me because I had these friends who just, like loved to party, loved hitting up the bars and um, just, I guess, normal, you know, city life, like as mm-hmm. of someone who um, just graduated college and like is in your early twenties, like you want to just really experience what all of the city has to offer. At yeah. the same time, I have this side of me where like ABN always be networking. And so like whoever I met, I was like, Hey, like this, I'm here for a purpose. Like I, need to build up my resume. I need to grow contacts. And like, at the same time, like I am so curious about everybody. And like, I just want to know what makes someone tick. And so there's just so many fascinating and interesting, brilliant people in SF. So I have decided me where I just want to meet people and get to know them regardless if they're Christian or not. And um, I feel like a lot of that was at odds with, with this growth that I was experiencing at my Mm -hmm. church. Yeah. where the people at church, they weren't focused on those things. They mm-hmm. had an element of it um, in that, like, they wanted to, um, you know, really utilize the, their their talents um, that they're given and yeah. live out their purpose. Um, sure. But I, I think, like, there were many times where my heart was at war because I had one foot in, one foot out, and I, I was, like, this chameleon. Mm. So... In that way, like I, I did feel very different at work and like with my college friends in SF versus my friends at church. And there was rarely any times where I mixed the the other groups together. Mm. Um, and then I feel like as I grew more in my faith and I yeah. heard more was when I was like, hey, like they should mix. And so I started introducing my friends to each other. 
Um, and it wasn't as bad as I thought it would turn out. Um, I, I'm not going to say that, you know, people like clicked right away. And I think right off the bat, um, there's fundamental value differences. Um, and especially in SF where I feel like if you're a Christian, like many people automatically assume that you're that white evangelical Trump supporter. (laughs) (laughs) So many different types of Christians. There's like the black community. There's this Asian SoCal Christian community. There's super liberal, like church pastors who are deep V-necks and are super yoked and like, you know, look at fake tans. And there's like those super (laughs) conservative pastors who are just these gentle lambs and wear suits. Like there's all types of Christians, but I do feel like the Christian label in SF is that, that one type of way which unfortunately, um, yeah, I think made it difficult for me to, to really, I guess, be, um, be like very expressive about my faith. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely resonate with that because I have two groups of friends and unfortunately, uh, you know, my friends back at home, because I lived with my best friends for two years, uh, you know who they are and they're not Christian Um, And I don't know if they're listening to this podcast. So it was very difficult to introduce both groups because of, I I think, this label that God created. But um, but for them, they knew what Korean Christian churches were were like. And they they were kind of dissuaded by the the cons of like Korean Christian churches in Southern California. So it's like they decided to not give it a chance. And it was difficult for me to introduce them to who God actually was because they have this preconceived notion and just playing that balancing act, you know, you kind of get that imposter syndrome too. I don't know if you got that, but um, so with that said, I found it very difficult to kind of emotionally and mentally handle that, let alone bridge the two groups together. So what do you think um, brought your success for being able to, manage being in two different worlds in San Francisco as a Christian who's also gung-ho about meeting people and networking. Um, yeah. So we'll start from there. Like what was, what played into your success? I definitely don't think I've mastered it or I think it's, it's definitely a work in progress always. I mean, the Bible always talks about like how we're strangers and aliens on this earth. And there's always this feeling of wanting to belong, but we'll never, fully fully belong on this earth and and like mm. that belonging um is in heaven and that that day will come so i think just really having that rest and, and sit in my heart is ultimately what gives me peace because i am um in some ways like a big people person and sometimes yeah. come, what comes with that is people pleasing and yeah. i want people to like me and i want people to laugh and i want i look i like aspire to be charismatic but like <laughs> that's not always you know the Christian life. And so like, I think just having the, the word be that, that source for me where like, this is God's word and he's taking care of me. Like he knows what's best for me, gives me that personal Mm. sense of peace. I think in terms of like practically, um, there was a time where when I was super on fire, like back in 2014 to like 2016. And I was just like, reading the word nonstop, like going to every single like retreat and like, you know, pastoral discussion. I would like follow like global pastors and like live stream all of their stuff. I was just so hungry to um, be discipled. And um, at that time, I think I was just wanting to share because I was so excited. I was learning so much. 
And I would just hit the ground running with some of my friends at, um, at work or, um, or like, you know, my, my, my friends in SF that I had just accumulated over time. And I would just kind of like blurt things out because I just wanted to share. And I would just be like, Mm. like, look at, for example, I had, I I went, I was working at a company where every morning we had a uh, shuttle, um, that took us to the company. And every morning I had the same route with this one girl. And we got close and she, you know, during that time would tell me all about her dating adventures and this and that, and like who she hooked up with. And, (laughs) you know, it's like you, you, you share information. That's how you get close. She always be like, how about you, Andrea? And I I felt like such a killjoy, but I'll be like, I don't believe in sex before marriage. Like, you know, (laughs) totally kill the, you know what I mean? And like, we, we eventually like still got close. But I do remember those times where she would just kind of be like, uh, 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 like, I just, I think in those moments, like looking back, I was so not practicing emotional awareness. Like despite mm. that I'm this like big person, I think when it comes to really sharing my faith, there's a certain level of tact that I feel like the Holy Spirit gives me. And yeah. um, when it's yeah. not from the Holy Spirit, it, it just... I don't feel like it sits well, or I just don't feel good about um, saying things in, in certain ways. Mm. Um, it can come off as um, judging or like harsh or whatever. So I think it's definitely been practice over time. And um, like, there have been times where I've like straight up lost friends. Like I had this core group of what I thought was best friends and they're no longer yeah. in my life. It's, I mean, we're like, we're not enemies at all. And like, I like their stuff on Instagram and like, I'm so happy <laughs> with them, like all their whatever life milestones that I see. But um, I just realized like so much our friendship of our friendship was about creating the good men's, like mm. the fun times, the good memories. And like, those are special, but like at the core of it, um, I don't, because our values misaligned so much, um, there wasn't a chance for us to have that shared moment where it was more than just um, the fun times and the fun memories. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's been good, but it's um, there's been some, definitely been some lows along the way. Got it, man. I resonate with that so much too, as well, because I think you and I, and maybe I'm labeling both of us but it's like we can be without god and without the church we can be secularly very successful but we can also be very successful in terms of the church as in like growing deeper with god um being a being a leader uh being the face of the church as well so just kind of bouncing back and forth and finding what your true values are and 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 kind of navigating through that space is I think a little bit more difficult. And I'm not saying that like some Christians aren't as successful if they come out of the bubble and go into the secular space. But I think you kind of understand like there are certain people who do really well at church and they thrive, but outside in the non-church environment, yeah, they're, you know, they're kind of like fish out of water. Right. Whereas I think, whereas I think that both of us can um, do, you know, be adequate in both worlds. Um, so I, I think the, the, the first question is, it's like, how did you fight your temptations? Because I know that your personality is very bubbly and you get along with people well, and you you, you think quickly on your feet and, 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 um, you have this ability to kind of like magnetize people. 
So, so did you ever have like temptations of like saying, Hey, I'm going to put church on the side or like, yeah, yeah, I know that I'm Christian, but, but I got to do this now. Like I got to drink now. I got to dance now. I got to build my network and kind of like create this lifestyle where you partitioned God and you put it into a compartment and then did your thing. Like, did you ever struggle with having to deal with situations like that in your life? So I, I don't think I did when it, when I really like got saved. I think um, like back when I was um, in like high school and college, like I kind of had this like general sense of what Christianity was and like being a good person and like having the Asian shame of what will people think, like that whole thing. And like, I, I feel like I have a lot of diverse friends and I noticed like my, my friends from other cultural backgrounds don't necessarily care as much but there's this whole thing of like but what will people think in in (laughs) church and so I think that like that kind of was there but like once I became saved I um I think I just didn't have any like desire for those things like what I really longed Mm. for was um friendships and so like I would just like cling on to them and hold on to them at all costs and like you know, even if it meant like going like cross town to like a bar that like I have just no desire to drink at and like being around <laughs> with like really terrible people, but like just like wanting to make sure I had spent time with that friend, I would. And like over time, I think like it was harder to facilitate a deeper connection because I was growing so much in my faith and I just yeah. didn't like the deep things that were deep to me before were no longer that deep. And I was like, when you're telling me about your issues, like this is the solution. Like this is like the sober-minded thought. This is like logic. And whereas before it was like so much of like just weighing all the pros and cons and like not having like, I don't know, typical 20-year-old yeah. stuff when you when you talk about like like how to solve problems. And so um I think, yeah, to answer your question, I I didn't have that, I guess, temptation. Um, but I will say like. like I don't know if this was a temptation but the desire to um to to be like competitive at work was probably Mm. where I would go to work and I had this like switch that would turn on yeah and people who knew me at church there was just like a handful of people who knew me at church versus work and they'd be like you're so different at work and I think I have this like mode where and I think it's like actually the sales background where it's just like do or die mode at all costs, where I would kind of put aside like the like purpose of me being a Christian and like my workplace and like why did God put me in this in this office? Yeah. Like in a little bag and I would just throw it over my shoulder. And it yeah. was like, I'm here to get promoted. And <laughs> that way, like is is not an ally of mine. Like it was just so intense. And I really regret that, like looking back, um, because there was so much opportunity for God to work through me. Mm-hmm. I was sitting alongside hundreds and hundreds of people, like people who are now in, in places of great influence and whatever. And um, like some of them, I, I feel like I could have done more in our friendship, but mm. I was myself in my career. Got it. So let's segue into into work because you, you mentioned a really good thing of like having tact. Because I feel like a lot of um, non-Christians in San Francisco, you're probably the only Christian friend that 
they are exposed to. So, so, you know, not to make it sound like there should be a lot of burden on your shoulders or anyone's shoulders, but it's like, that's the one experience, that one window where you could represent and be the face of your church or of God or, or of Christianity. So I think it's very important that we portray what we need to portray and, and, and kind of deliver that message, but the delivery needs to have some, some tact where they don't think, like you mentioned, we're all just, you know, Trump supporters, maybe in the Bible Belt that has pitchforks and hold up signs that say like all gays go to hell, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the second good point that you brought up was about work, about how you had the switch that comes on and you didn't really have an opportunity, at least in your early 20s, to bring God into the workplace. So I guess this is kind of like a very blunt and frank question, but do do you believe that or think that modern Christians should speak up about their faith in, in the workplace? That's a really tough question. Uh, I think going back to my my earlier point, yeah, I, I, I would say the answer is yes, 100%, 200%. But I do believe the Holy Spirit and the word needs to be my armor along the way. And just going about it in a very kind of tactless, like borderline, like aggressive way is I just don't think it's it's the right um, method where Holy Spirit's truly working in you. Because if you love and care someone, you'll also meet them where they are. And you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll talk their language. You'll be very intuitive. You'll have your empathy muscles like really flexed and mm. you'll see what makes that person tick and be praying for them along the way and, and through the Holy Spirit sharing the words that they need to hear, not in the way you want to say it. So, uh, so good. Uh, yeah, I just feel like the answer is totally yes, but I think there's just more creative, more, um, more Holy Spirit driven ways to go about it than maybe examples of what we've seen so far. Got it. And, and I always refer back to uh, um, Mark Homer's Garden City because it's like, how, how do I worship the Lord and drive, you know, success in his kingdom uh, with a kingdom economy mindset at work? And, you know, one of the things he says is like, you don't have to evangelize and talk about God or Christianity. That's going to come up in one shape way or form or, or another, but uh, he said, like, you know, even being excellent in the workplace or if someone's getting bullied, not, you know, partaking in um, activities that's not, you know, theologically sound um, and, and, and just being the best person that you can be in the workplace and helping people out when they need help and kind of seeing that people will realize that you're a little bit different than the majority of the workers. And then that might create an opening for God to kind of pour into their lives. And, 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 and you just mentioned that there is a way to drive your faith and to uh, expose people to, to God and Christianity and to Jesus' love um, in the workplace without like, you know, being very blunt about it. Um, so what, what, have been, what, what were some techniques or ways where you were able to kind of bring the Holy Spirit into your workplace without being, you know, do, following the same practices that previous Christians have done and have failed at? So I don't, I still don't think I'm really good at it. Um, yeah. but I, I do feel like um, in the moments where 
I've developed friendships with my coworkers and everyone goes through hard times and like through those friendships, being able to um, just support them, like whether it's like in dating or like, you know, family issues or health issues or whatnot, and just showing them that I'm always there and to support them, just being a true friend, I think does go a long way. Um, and, you know, it's funny because I think the one time I actually felt like I was successful, this is air quotes because like, who knows what success is in this yeah. situation. But yeah. um, it was actually like a good buy party that I had um, my first time I left SF. And oh. I, um, it was at a bar and one of my friends, she was like getting tipsy. And like, I think in her tipsiness, she just like, she spilled everything to me. And she was like, you know, I really admire like, like how compassionate you've always been to me. And like, I know it comes from a place where like, you know, it's something deeper. I mean, I know where it comes from, but, and she, she, <laughs> she didn't like, I don't think she knew how to say it in like the Christian, yeah. like it just made me cry because it made me realize like, it's not my own power. Like, because that friend I've been praying for since college. Wow. And, actually, you know, and like, she's still not Christian, but like, I believe God will change her heart. Um, but yeah, just coming from her, I mean, it had to take like a drunk moment for her to like actually share um, what she, you know, felt about me in some ways. And wow. um, I think I had a lot of fear, um, like going to my earlier point, like she was maybe one of the friends who thought I was like this, like pitchfork holding, like, you know, evangelical. And <laughs> um, like, I never was able to have like a, it's, it's like a weird topic. It's awkward. You don't talk about that, like longtime friends, you know. But um, I think in that moment, I was just like, wow, like here I was like all with all this fear, but like she saw something in me that only like God really revealed. So that was, I think, just years and years of um, like a built up friendship and just really, I just, yeah, genuinely care for her. So, Wow. That's, I just need to pause for a moment and just let that sink in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's something special where it's not something grandiose or like you're on a big stage and people are watching, but just being able to change people's lives or kind of tweak their perspective in a way where, you know, it's not you, something supernatural that was done through, you know, this deep wellspring that, that you have um, with, with God. Yeah, I think that's a very special thing. Um, I want you to keep doing what you're doing. And with that said, I know we're a little bit short on time. So in the spirit of keep doing what you're doing, where do you see yourself in the next five years uh, in terms of your uh, relationship with God? But but the caveat is in parallel with your career. I am really trying to build more spiritual disciplines in my life. I think because my nature is very um, like feelings based and like spiritual with my relationship with God that I would like to get to a point where I am just really um, like nailing down my spiritual disciplines. And I just truly believe that um, just reading the word um, and, and using it in my, my, as my armor for all these daily battles will yeah. um, build up that rock um, yeah. where like, I just won't be as wavering because I think I do mm. have a tendency to be like, uh, uh, 
what is it moved by my feelings rather than like the truth mm. so um that's that's one area that i would like to work on so hopefully five years from now like it will be a steady habit um i hope to also find a long-term church that I can call home. I don't know what that looks like. And I think just being like a city folk and moving to all these different places, I've gone to different churches. And I think in this quarantine, it's made me really sit and, and examine um, like people in Orange County who have gone to church, um, to one church their entire life. And there's just this steady dedication and commitment mm-hmm. that I really admire. And I never saw that before. In fact, I kind of looked to be honest, look down on, on people from my hometown because they've never left. And like, to me, it was very country bumpkin. Yeah. But now I see like how much they just poured into their community in such a steadfast, dedicated way. So it's something that I've, um, I've really admired recently and, and um, hope for that as well in five years. Um, my career, I have jumped a lot in, into different roles. And I think that's the beauty of tech, that whole mm-hmm. sense of staying at one company and in one role for, um, you know, X amount of years and getting a pension is definitely not what tech is about. And so I just constantly seek after learning. And, and if I'm not learning something, I get restless and feel like my brain turns into spaghetti. And that's what's <laughs> me. And has worked thus far. So I'm just continuing to learn. Um, I've, I've become more technical recently. I'm on an engineering team and, um, and recently got promoted. So um, I think now like I want to, thank you. I want to build more technical skills. Um, right before the podcast, I know we we're talking about Databricks and like I geek out about um, everything Databricks is and data and Apache Hadoop and Spark and like AWS and Nodes, all of that. So um <laughs> Like, I, I think, yeah, I would, I'm learning Scala right now, but um, would love to learn Python and a couple more languages. So I just want to keep learning. Awesome. Well, there you have it. Saints, episode seven in the books. And thank you so much, Andy, for coming on. I would have liked to ask a little bit more about your work and what you do, because a lot of people think tech is just engineer designer and like, you know, you, you know what I mean? So, so I think you're in a very unique role, at least among my friends in tech who are doing something else you know, than engineering and design, which are very important. And I respect those people. Those are very important and prestigious roles in, in tech. Um, but I, I felt like you have a different perspective in tech as well, and you're succeeding in what you're doing. So hopefully we could have you on um, next season or next year, 2021. Um, but well, there you have it, folks. One of the best episodes that I think, I mean, I think all my episodes are really, really good, but I think this one really hit it on the money. Um, is there any plug or any endeavors that you wanted to uh, bring up on the podcast or maybe, you know, your Instagram or anything like that, or are you? I don't actually have any side hustles just because I've been working so much lately, but, um, yeah, I'll let you know when I do. Awesome. Sounds good. All right, Saints, we're uh, heading out. Please have a safe time for Christmas break. Uh, Stay healthy, stay safe, and we're out.
Hey Saints, thanks for tuning in. I hope you guys have some beastly New Year's resolutions. Also, it's okay to not have one at all. We'll see you next time on the Saints of San Francisco podcast. So until next time.